So most of us naturally have imbalances in our bodies. And these imbalances that we have are completely normal and they show up throughout our lives. And as humans, we are naturally, we're left-handed, we're right-handed, we're dominant on one side, on one leg. We have just natural imbalances in our body from the way we work. We have a preferred side for how we do things. Like when we brush our teeth, we pick up the toothbrush with the same hand. If we swing a tennis racket, we have a set way or a set hand of how we swing the tennis racket. These imbalances are completely normal. And what they do is they start to train the muscles over time to pattern that behavior on one side, which is A, how the movement pattern is created, but B, which is why if you try to just switch hands or try to do something on a non-dominant side, it feels awkward or it feels weird. And you see this all throughout your life. Actually, a really great example too is driving a car. If you're listening to this in the US, you're used to driving on the right side of the road. If you're listening to this in the UK, you're used to driving on the left side of the road and the steering wheel in the car is also in a different place. Now, if you were to just switch those things around, it's not just a natural thing to do. It feels a little bit awkward. It feels a little bit weird and it feels a little bit clunky and it's something that you have to take the time to go back and repattern. So those are natural imbalances in the body, and it's normal. And when someone says, what does the body typically look like? What do healthy imbalances in the body look like? Somewhere close to 60-40 range, right? Like you're 60% on one side, 40% on the other. That type of thing is what, that's the ratio of, you know, imbalances from side to side, right? One side is 60% dominant, one side is 40% dominant. Now, you have imbalances in the body that like extreme imbalances that can happen over time. So for example, like if you are playing a sport like I did, for example, like baseball and you're throwing with one arm for years and years, that creates a much, much more massive imbalance that creates and also throwing and not just throwing the ball, I should say with my left arm, but also pitching, throwing off the mound. So pushing off the left foot, you start to create more and more imbalances, more extreme imbalances that then have to correct. Now, when the balances start to become extreme, what you'll find is that your body feels off. Your body starts to, it doesn't perform the way it should. Like basic functions start to not work like they should. Like even sometimes walking feels weird. And if you have a big imbalance, like for example, if you've had a broken leg, and you're walking, I should say, after you recover. So let's say you've had a broken leg, you recover, and you start walking. You can tell a huge difference from side to side, not to mention the, the muscular atrophy that happens as a result of having a broken leg and then going through the rehab to recover it. There's a huge difference from side to side. Now, one of the areas, one of the areas that a lot of people don't necessarily think can cause more extreme imbalances in the body is yoga. So yoga, if we aren't careful, creates, it exaggerates imbalances that we already have. For example, like if you're doing a lot of planks, you're doing a lot of like arm balances, for example, and you have a, you have a bias towards say your left side over time, you'll start to push 
more with that left side because it's comfortable and you'll start to create even more of an imbalance there. So like a really great example is if you, if you notice one side of your body will become imbalanced and that imbalanced side starts to become far stronger than the opposite. So if your left arm gets really strong and you're pushing it in the ground, you don't realize it. But if you were to see like a weight distribution of how much you're pressing, you're probably pressing somewhere in the range of 70%, even 75% into that left arm and not very much in the other arm. So then what will happen by default is the muscles on the right side of the body, the larger muscles especially, don't get as strong and they lag behind the dominant side or the highly skewed and balanced side. And so then the smaller muscles start to overwork and they get tight. For example, if your left arm is working a lot, you're going to find the whole left side of your body is stronger. That's with your lats and also sometimes down through the legs. But as a result, on the right side, you're, you'll find your shoulders and your, like, your right shoulder and your right traps and even the right side of your neck are chronically tight, right? They're tighter than the left side because those larger muscles on the right side of your body aren't as strong as those muscles on the left. And so the smaller muscles, so essentially what happens in this process is when you're practicing yoga, when you're training, when you're doing anything, the left side of your body, because the muscles are stronger, they have more endurance, they can handle the load, whether that load comes from your body or whether that load comes from weights or an external force of some sort, the left side is better equipped to handle it than the right. Those larger muscles can work more efficiently and handle more of a load than the right side. So those smaller muscles like your shoulders, your traps, and your neck, for example, I'm talking about the torso here, tend to get tight and stressed because of that imbalance. So then that imbalance creates a pattern, which is on one side of the body, you'll use your stronger, larger muscles. And then on another side, on the other side of your body, you'll use your smaller muscles as not because that's what your body wants to do. It's doing it because it has no choice. That opposite side, that right side of your body is just weaker, so it can't keep up. So because the larger muscles give out first, those smaller stabilizing muscles start to take over. So those imbalances like creep up and you'll see it oftentimes too. Like I see it where I see it a lot is like in the hips, like with my clients in the hips, you'll see the hip flexors tend to work in the work like that also like the hips tend to be stronger on one side typically what you'll find is one side of the body is more mobile one side of your hips is more mobile if you're extending your hips you have more mobility on one side and then you have more strength on the opposite side but when those extreme imbalances come in what you'll find is oftentimes we talk about like pelvic tilts in terms of like anterior tilt or posterior tilt but the other the other, th- the other thing your hips can do is slant from side to side. I'm trying to describe this without a visual is imagine your pelvis or imagine your hip points. Imagine your two frontal hip points. One of the hip points actually starts to slant down so they're not level. And that causes one side of the hip to push up, say the left side to push up and the right side to push down. That creates an imbalance and that creates imbalances in the spine and that creates imbalances like in your QL muscles and all of those things that go on. And and these are things that just happen. And, And the thing with imbalances is that they happen over time. It's not something that happens right away, but it's just our body gradually adapting and 
whatever we're presenting, whatever physically we're presenting ourselves, our brain is creating a new pattern. And before you know it, we have this, we have this extreme muscular imbalance from side to side. The question is how can press handstand correct these types of body imbalances? And so one of the, one of the first, and, and I'll go through the process here, but one of the first symptoms typically when a body starts to move into an ex- like an extreme imbalanced state is that your core is weak. So this, and, and I'm describing myself here to a T, like when I used to play baseball, I had a really strong upper body. Like I used to muscle a lot of things like in my shoulders and on my traps and my arms. I used to just use sheer brute force in order to, that's where my strength came from. But little did I know my core muscles, my, my TVA was really weak and it was weak because it wasn't even trained to engage. So that muscle is the, that muscle is the primary stabilizing muscle in our body, the transverse abdominis. Lots of you listening, I, I know are familiar with this muscle. I, I have, if you go over to my website, theaustinacademy.com, you can read all about the muscle. It's all there if you want to learn more about it. But when that's our primary stabilizing muscle in the body. And so the way it works is whenever our body moves, whether we're running, jumping, swimming, reaching up with our arms, creating some kind of motion from scratch, like we're going from standing still to moving, that muscle theoretically should lead the engagement, right? That should lead the movement. Meaning before I move my arm, that TVA muscle engages first and it activates and stabilizes so that the body can be stable in anticipation of the movement that you're about to create. And what that does is it works is almost like, it's like a safety net for the body. And when that doesn't work, when that muscle isn't working, that's where you will start to feel like your body is like off or it feels clunky or you, or you struggle with your balance. But then without having that muscle stabilize, it's like a normalizer in the body, meaning like without the support of your core, stretching out or engaging when you say reach out your arm or step with your leg or step up with your leg, whatever side of the body you're using tends to activate even more and it tends to drive the imbalance. With plank, for example, if you are doing plank, say, your core should engage, your TVA should engage while you're doing plank. Now, I should say this, I should say this, when I'm talking, generally, sometimes I, I refer, I, when I say core, what I do mean is the TVA, but the technical definition of your core is not just the TVA muscle. Your core is essentially all the muscles that you use on your torso to help stabilize. So I probably shouldn't say that, but I do it for simplicity and also because that's just what a lot of people are familiar with. When I say core, you can interchange it with the TVA. Now, like in plank, when you are extending your arms out or pushing your arms into the ground, when your core engages, it will stop you from concentrating a lot of weight into the the side of your body that's stronger. So when your core doesn't engage, let's say your right arm is stronger, you'll push down even more with the right arm because your right arm is trying to compensate for the core not engaging and you'll tend to skew even more power into that arm. And that's what creates an imbalance, right? So if you look at, sometimes if you look at your two arms, like a really good example of this is in some people, you can see a visual difference in the arms. Like one arm is like visually bigger than the other. That's an example of 
a of a more exaggerated imbalance. And those are things really that you those are things really that when you when your body starts to act in a balanced way that your capacity for strength is a whole lot higher, right? Your strength ceiling is a whole lot higher simply because you're now operating with a much more solid foundation and it's it and not a, not from skewed not from like a skewed foundation where one side is one side is strong and one side isn't right it's like the equivalent of say having one foot on concrete one foot on sand right the concrete is very solid the sand is it's imbalanced right the sand is like not imbalanced but wobbly right it's not as soft and that's what imbalances are like when you become balanced it's like having two feet on concrete when you're standing it's a solid firm foundation so I see clients who have these extreme imbalances, and the first step is literally correcting the TVA. It's making sure the TVA is activating correctly. It's making sure the TVA is engaging in a way that, that allows it to support those muscles in the body. So that way, a majority of the support and the stability is coming from your TVA, but not your smaller muscles. When support comes from smaller muscles, that's when you start to really exaggerate those imbalances. Like when you're forcing your shoulders, your traps, your neck, for example, to support the body or stabilize the body, that's where you start to really create imbalances. And then once you go from there, like correcting the TBA, like once you go from there, then you've got that foundation to then correct larger muscles and smaller muscles. And the way you go about correcting the body is these imbalances is you start with the TVA, then you move to the larger muscles, and then from there, you move to the smaller muscles. Effectively, what you're doing is you're taking, you're taking, say, your lat muscles. A lot of women tend to have really imbalanced, really imbalanced back muscles. Like one is really a lot stronger than the other. You start by imbalancing the lat, by rebalancing those lats. And then in turn, like once you rebalance the lats, then you can go and then you can rebalance the muscles that the lats support. So what are the muscles the lats support? That's the shoulders and that's the traps and that's the neck. You can go in that line. And once you start to, it's like a, it's like a path. Like you go through that path of correcting the muscles. Like the largest one first is always the TVA. Like it's almost, it's nearly impossible to rebalance the body without having a strong core and not just a strong core, but an, a core that activates correctly, which is a conversation for another show, but a, a core that activates correctly and a core strong. But then you can go and you could look at those larger muscles. And then from there, you can start to address the smaller ones. So you're just moving down the chain, so to speak, from largest to smallest. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that I see a lot when someone has a hard time actually doing a press handstand is you'll find that there are imbalances. So I guess another question is how do the other way around is how do imbalances affect a press handstand? And they do it. They do in that if you're trying to push into the, the ground again, similar, like when you're lifting yourself up off the floor, there's more weight in one hand than there is the other more weight in one arm, just like you would be skewed in plank. So correct. Again, Understanding that and how that manifests itself, 
by the way, is if you look and you test, go try to do a press handstand. If you notice the reason that you are, if you're not lifting up and you're feeling like your hips are rotating from one side, like you've got, you feel you're not going straight up, but your body's rotating to the side, you can, that's a sign right there that you've got imbalance, you've got arm imbalances and it's manifesting itself in the way the hips rotate. And another area where you can actually see imbalances in the body is like in the hip flexors. Like if one hip flexor is stronger than the other, I've talked on this show a lot about the hip flexors and, and hip flexor strength, but one hip flexor may be strong enough to hold, to support the leg and the other hip flexor may not. If you are lifting yourself, if you're trying to press and like you feel one leg wanting to bend when you lift off the ground or one leg wanting to leave the ground first, which is another really common thing, that's a sign that one of the hip flexors is stronger than the other. And correcting that imbalance is how you correct the takeoff phase. Those are some areas that you can see like if your body has imbalances. And then if you're correcting those, again, you just have to go back and, and go through that process. We do that a lot with our clients in the program. We actually do a whole, there's a whole section in the program on just rebalancing the body, which is creating just how do you overcome those imbalances? Because that's a big part of actually learning to do a press handstand. It's, I, it's like you have to be able to, your body has to be balanced. And part of that, part of the process of learning one for most people is rebalancing the body is going through and these little these imbalances in the smaller muscles tend to have the largest effect on your practice and the way you move and that kind of thing going back and looking at it from that angle is a really important part of the process so you can see two things like yeah training for press handstand is going well at least like in body breakthrough, going through my process, rebalancing is part of it. But then the other side to it is you can also look at imbalances in your body and, and figure out why you're having a hard time lifting yourself up off the ground. It's the imbalances that stop you. So that's all I've got for you on today's show. If this was useful for you, tag me in a, tag me in a story on Instagram and let me know, share, let me know what you learned, how you apply it to your practice or however you're going to use it. And as always, if you're if you are enjoying the show, you can help support the show by sharing it with someone who you think would benefit and taking the time to leave a review. Okay, so that's all I've got for you in today's show. Have a good rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.